<laughs> I, I don't know how it's properly pronounced in English. In German, it's Moira. But I think most English people pronounce me like Mura, Markus Mura, <laughs> something like this. <laughs> But Moi, I don't care. Moivar? Moivar? Moivar. 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 Yeah, yeah, you can, I think you can't do it because you're an American. <laughs> Moivar. Moira. 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 Yeah, Moira. This sounds Moivar. properly. Okay, cool. Marcus Moira. <laughs> okay, we're welcoming Marcus Moiva to the show. Marcus runs a life hacks. Moiva. <laughs> uh, uh, Just stick to Moira. Just pronounce how you would pronounce it in English. Moyer. Yeah, I think Moyer. <laughs> okay. Marcus Muir. Moyer. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I'm butchering your name. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. Today, listeners, we are welcoming Marcus Moyer to the show. Marcus runs the Life Hacks podcast, but not only does that, he and his girlfriend slash business partner, Fali, run the DNX Movement, DNX Global, and the DNX Camp. Between all of these businesses, Marcus and Fali are putting together conferences, retreats, and experiences for digital nomads and those that want to become digital nomads. Marcus and I go back a couple years when we met in Barcelona, both being location independent entrepreneurs and digital nomads with businesses that bring entrepreneurs together, we hit it off. Marcus took his game to a whole new level beyond what any digital nomad movement has before. I'm personally amazed at everything that he's done and continues to do. While recording this podcast, there's something that came across that struck me about Marcus. The word is genuine. Because I know Marcus personally, I can say that this word fits him very well. I can tell you also that this has a lot to do with the success that he's created. The way he communicates is genuine, and you'll notice that on the podcast. He's speaking to teach and to help. I think this is an incredibly important trait when creating and building your tribe. You will eventually arrive at a point where your mission becomes to teach those in your tribe so they can empower themselves and continue to grow the tribe or continue to create their own tribe. Being genuine is powerful and necessary to create strength and unity amongst a group. And without further ado, let's welcome the co-founder of DNX Global, Marcus Moyer, to the show. How are you doing, Marcus? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for the invitation. I'm looking forward for our chat. Thanks. Thanks for being here, buddy. And I'm looking forward to catching up because I see all the things you have going around the world, all the events and, and the movement that you've made. And I'm really excited to learn more about what you've been doing behind the scenes to provide these cool events for digital nomads. So let's start off, Marcus, with just an intro about who you are and, and how you started this movement. Yeah, sure, Chris. So I'm uh, Markus and I'm originally from Germany, was working for different um, online startups uh, in Germany in the marketing field. And then I more or less w was doing like the typical what other people would consider as a, as a good career path. So I got honored with um, or 
yeah, I, I got longer job titles, I got more salary, I got more headcounts, more responsibility, but also longer working days, working hours, um, a very unbalanced lifestyle, working a lot um, in the startups. And then um, as I'm very passionate about doing sports, I was still going into the gym sometimes at midnight, then I have to wake up at six, go to the startup again. And on the weekend, I was like, um, going really hard and on Monday again into the startups and it was very unhealthy and very unbalanced, um, which was not good for me. So um, some years ago, end of 2012, I took the decision to, to quit my job, to get self-employed. And it was originally just thought as a, as a more or less conventional um, online business or yeah, like an um, market um, like an agency for um, online marketing based in Berlin but things came together that my girlfriend also quit her job once again because she had the the uh, model like uh, working one or one and, a half, one and a half years for a company saving enough money quit the job go on traveling um, or backpacking for half a year or for one year then taking up another job and then um, getting enough money, quit the job and go on traveling. So we were both without a job end of 2012 and decided to, to go to Southeast Asia for a sabbatical. Um, and this was the plan. But I took my laptop with me because I wanted to work on my on my corporate website for, for the agency, think about how to get the first leads, uh, what about the pricing, the wording on the website. And then things came together that we were stuck um, after being in Thailand and Burma. We were stuck in the Philippines for three days because the typhoon was going over the country. We were sitting on the rooftop and I was working um, on my website and was like mm, uh, a little bit stuck because I'm very detail orientated and very perfectionistic. Um, so uh, after <laughs> half a day thinking about if I could really ask my girlfriend for help for, for business stuff. <laughs> I, I was um, going to her and finally approaching her and asking Philly for help. And then, um, yeah, it just clicked. And I, we both um, recognized that we are also uh, on another level, um, very good working together. Um, so it was very complementary our skills, and she helped me a lot with setting up um, um, a concept or for or a strategy for getting my first clients. And then it happened that I I was already pitching then the first startups from the Berlin startup scene um, for for getting first jobs, and no nobody knew this concept at this time about working location independent. It's um, people can't um, imagine these days anymore now, but there were no tropical co-working spaces at all, like now Cohab or Hobart, and uh, there were very rare Airbnbs all over the world. So we were hanging out in hostels, working in hostels. People felt sorry for us; they didn't understand what we were doing. They were <laughs> buying beer for us and <laughs> just have, "Oh, you poor guys have to work in your holidays. What's going on with you? What's what's going wrong?" So it were very funny, funny and different times. Um, but um, on the other hand, it was working for us. So we were getting the first money while being on the road because at the same time, we also started a travel blog, in, which is now one of the biggest in Germany. And nowadays in 2017, we can easily fund ourselves just from the income of the travel blog, which we started like 
four or five years ago now. So this was a very good decision and we um, started it with the intention to do it very professional from day one, also to invest money in a proper theme, in a proper server, in a proper uh, logo and just serve like really uh, useful content and not do it like a diary style, which were all the other travel blogs at this time out there. So things worked out very well. I got the first clients while being on the road and we did the first small affiliate incomes with the travel blog because I come from the SEO um, part. So I know how to gain organic traffic and then we were working hard to yeah, converting these leads um, into, into affiliate sales or just to yeah, to earn some money from it. And this was our start while we were then traveling further on in Indonesia. The first clients paid their bills or their, their invoices. And then this this was like the tipping point of never going back into a nine to five job. Beautiful, man. Great story. So that travel blog is still going today, correct? Yeah, it's still going today and has like six figure visitors per month and it's still lots of fun, but we automized a lot of it. We just did a big relaunch some month ago to have it more static and not um, yeah, being pressed um, or under pressure to um, constantly update it with new and fresh content. Okay. Yeah. We're still doing it, but we don't have the time to do it on the, on the frequency like before. What's the name of the travel blog, Marcus? It's it's called Travelicia. Travelicia. So the okay. first name of the first name of my girlfriend is Felicia, and then if you put Travelicia or travel in front of Felicia, it's Travelicia, and then it's Travelicia.com, but it's uh, it forwards to Travelicia.de. But probably with Google Translate, you can you can reach something on the blog. <laughs> okay, very nice. And so n now you're running one of the. The probably are you the largest digital nomad movement or one of the largest? Do you know? I think so. Yeah, uh, at least one of the largest. Yeah, I think you're one of the largest, if not the largest, digital nomad movements out there. And so, when did the idea to start DNX digital nomad movement come about? Uh huh. Um, so this was when we came back after um, half a year of traveling in Southeast Asia it was summer then in Berlin and we were thinking about there must be more people doing the same thing like we were doing because at the end it was no rocket science. We just didn't hear about it before. So it was never planned to, to end up being location independent and working from everywhere. So we started to investigate in the internet and there were some international people already uh, blogging about it and writing about it. And we found some, also some German people because we wanted to, we love to connect with other people. And so we initiated the first digital nomad meetup uh, in Berlin with I think three or four other digital nomads we could find in the internet. So it was <laughs> like the first meet meetup ever in Germany was with, six or eight people on the former airport on Tempelhofer Field felt. I can still remember um, the faces and what we were talking about and how passionate we were. Um, and yeah, but uh, on, on the, at the same time, we were also going very public on our Facebook profiles because we were really we were really excited about what we have found out and we wanted just to, to share the news with the people to say uh, your life hasn't has not to be um, in a cubicle and if you go for self-employment um, and work as a freelancer 
um, you can work in many jobs already now from everywhere and we tried it and it's for real and you can do it so um, it, it, um, it created a lot of awareness um, and a lot of questions when we went so public on our profile so many people didn't get the ideas uh, and the other people were, were making lots of jokes about us and <laughs> another part of the people where we're just um, asking when do we run out of money or did we win mm -hmm. the lottery but there was also a big amount of people who really took it serious and started to ask questions so we ended up answering a lot of questions in the comments and also via email because we we are um, offered to everyone who has any questions about this lifestyle or how to get started or uh, all the questions that that pop up when when you um, yeah when you think about um, being location independent we were there for the people and we were helping a lot we were supporting them a lot and I think this was already the, the very very first first foundation for everything what what came afterwards and at the same time the media got also aware of us because the German uh, the like the the working environment and how people the corporate world is very conventional in Germany and very very corporate and very old school so we were something new and totally different and then the media had some someone or, or a couple to to write about and it was more or less just to put us in front of a wall <laughs> for, <laughs> and everybody could could hit with their sticks on us like literally <laughs> saying because the frustrated people in their jobs reading this uh, <laughs> articles about about us and the internet um, but it it gave some awareness um, and and we could stand it because we were we were um, strong we were together and we saw that it's not a trick or it's not a fool it's it's not a joke it's 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 for real and it's sustainable so no one could could bring us away from what we were doing and yeah this was the beginning and as the demand was getting bigger and bigger from all the people and said are you for real are you from agency what do you want to sell what, what, what's really behind it and we say no it's just for real we want to connect and we want to share our knowledge we said you know what we, we will do a meetup in Berlin and ask um, at Beta House which was the first co-working space in mm. uh, Berlin mm -hmm. for a meeting or event room um, for yeah for the first Digenomad meetup so to call and we had no money um, so we just went to the beta house and explained the idea and also they these guys didn't get the idea in, in this <laughs> case but they were very open they said I, I don't get it what you want to do but you seem to be nice so uh, whatever <laughs> you want um, I try to sell some tickets and um, <laughs> if you have some money then you can pay the room for it yeah and so we announced the first DJ Nomad conference asking our other six or eight friends from the Temple of Afed if they were to go with us on the stage and do also some talks so in the beginning we were um, also doing talks and this stuff and yeah then um, I plan to launch the website on the 1st of 2014 1st of January 2014 because I was thinking everybody was making new plans for the new year and, and want to change something in their life and mm. um, I can I can still remember we were traveling in the Caribbean at this time and working from there in um, Kikoka which is an island belonging to Belize and um, yeah we, we just uh, launched the website about that we are doing a, finally a conference and as we already gained a lot of traction on Facebook um, everybody was sharing it and talking about this conference or this meetup <laughs> and within um, I think it was 12 minutes all tickets were sold wow <laughs> for, from this, from this uh, conference room we had I, I think it was like 
40 or 60 tickets. And I said, whoa, shit, man, what's going on here? We, we need a bigger space. <laughs> but as it was the 1st of January, it was public holiday in Germany, and I couldn't be the event manager from Beta House. I said, wow, no, man, everybody's talking about it and sharing. And, um, but at the end, on the 2nd of January, I managed to get a bigger room, which was also sold out within minutes. So it was 100 people. And at the end, we ended up to get the whole floor um, and the most amount of people uh, were 200. Mm -hmm. and it was still sold out in three days, wow. which was on, on one hand a big success, but on the other hand, <laughs> our first um, severe failure because um, we had a calculation which was not very smart. We thought we'd do an early bird price from January to March, and then the normal ticket price will be from March to, to May for to make break even. Mm -hmm. But as um, all the tickets were sold for the early bird, we, <laughs> we didn't make to break even at this point. But yeah, but it was very exciting times. And then it grow bigger and bigger and people were still talking about the conference because they didn't get a ticket and were asking for doing another conference so we did another in October and then went on in May 2015 and um, now we are planning the biggest Linux conference ever in Germany with I think 800 people fit in the location wow. um, so that's what came out of this small meetup in Tempo for Feld with six friends and now we are going for five days with pre-events lots of workshops with the live podcasting event with some hundred people and the main event a big party so it went all insane in Germany mm -hmm. and as we were doing the workshops in the beta house, because we, we grow too big after the first conference, we went to another venue, but we were doing the workshops um, still in the beta house. And they have a very international um, crowd, um, lots of English-speaking international people were seeing what we were doing there was taking over the whole space and branding it with DNX and location independence, but all on German. And people were starting to ask, can you do it also? In English, I, I want to join. It sounds sounds really tempting, and I want to I want to know more about it. Um, and this gave us the self-esteem to to go for the first ever international English-speaking digital nomad conference. And this was a huge step because no one was waiting for Marcos and Philly. Um, mm -hmm. Location independence was already a topic um, somehow in the internet, not that big like today. But um, yeah, we just took the risk and thought. Why not? What do we have to lose? Um, and just to to make a home home game, we we stayed in Berlin and got really really good speakers like Mark Manson or Derek Silvers, Natalie Sisson, Peter Levels. So they were all really excited about what what we were doing there in Berlin. And this was the beginning of the English speaking um, events and conferences, which then took place last year in Bangkok and will be this year in Lisbon. And we just got the confirmation just yesterday from, from a big, big headliner, Pat Flynn will come and speak the first time ever out of the U S and he will come to Lisbon and speak on our DNX global conference. Nice. Kudos to you, man. That's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. How many events have you guys had now? <laughs> in terms of conferences, uh, let me count. It's, um, two in the first year in Germany, two in the second, it's four. Then last year, then we switched to just annually because we can't do it anymore. We are doing so much other stuff, five, six. So it's a sixth German conference in May, and we already did two international events. And in March, we will be having the first Spanish-speaking event in Buenos Aires in Argentina, which is also our first try to franchise this concept because the guy approached us who already has a big, big community um, in Latin America. And 
yeah, this is what's happening at the moment. So we already did like five or six um, big conferences, which are always with some hundred people. And we also started co-working and co-living camps, the retweets, which uh, you were talking about in the intro. And we did already, let me count, we did one in Tarifa, we did one in Lisbon, we did one in Brazil, or two already in Brazil, Kolanta, uh, Thailand, also about five, six, seven retweets now. That's, that's amazing, man. Yeah. Great job. So <laughs> how big is your team these days? Is it still just you and Feli doing all the work or do you guys have some full-time employees going at it too? Um, fortunately, it's not just Feli and me. Um, we started very late to outsource the first um, task because um, as we are Germans, we were very, very <laughs> anxious <laughs> to, to spend some money or spend too much money uh -huh. um, in the beginning because yeah, we were totally self-funded. We we had some fundings from our jobs before, but um, we literally had to start again from zero. So it took like, I think, one and a half years or two years till we took the first VA on our team. And you have, you have to imagine, um, I think, until the third germ conference, which was already then with 400 people, I did the whole... Uh, particip uh, participant uh, management on Google Docs and Google Drive and just with colors and some rows and lines and it was a totally mess because we didn't have the money to to uh, spend in a proper event management system. Now, now finally we have Eventbrite running but I was sending the emails just manually checking yeah. the bank account if someone paid the ticket and then <laughs> sending the emails manually on Gmail and if someone wanted to do a name change and a refund and was wow, was crazy crazy but this helped to recognize every single name of every participant and they were so stunned when they were standing in front of me on the conference and I said oh wait 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 you are Laura uh, Müller or something and I said wow how do you know I said yeah yeah we wrote about your name change so it was <laughs> like uh, really really crazy times yeah and then back to your questions I think two one and a half or two years two years after we started we put we get the first VA on our team which was a real big game changer mm -hmm. um, I in the beginning I had some problems to give yeah to give trust uh, to other people to give the the logins and the access and everything but it worked out really really well and this gave us a self-esteem to yeah to whenever we need a new um, person, we will get one on our team, um, but we try not to become to cooperate too big because we already had also this time where we were totally overwhelmed and had too many opportunities and had too often say yes to everything. Um, we were totally stressed and thought the solution will be more people, so we took on more people on our team, ended up with I like I think 15 or 20 people working for us but at the end we got more and more corporate I, I didn't know who was talking with whom and, and we just got big big um, um, invoices to pay for all the mm. employees and we had running costs from I think 7 or 8k per month or 10k which we have to earn mm -hmm. um, and this put a lot of pressure on us so um, we went back one one we get back one step and now we have a very solid and cool and proper team from about 10 to 12 freelancers so uh, no one is fully employed but some people like our designer or event managers or social media managers they are working more or less um, 
all around the clock for us. And yeah, this is cool. We, we are a fully remote team. They are all over the world. It's very international. We communicate on Slack. Um, everybody has his own virtual office uh, in Trello. And this is really fun at the moment. I have a quick question. Your social media manager, are you using a company that does that? Or is that just a personal individual that you guys brought on as a hire? No, it's a personal individual. Okay. Actually, it's someone who applied. So we, we got... Mm, fortunately, we got many people who want to work for us, so we got pitched um, frequently, and and they're especially out of my podcast. They're very young and motivated entrepreneurs uh -huh. who are really into the social media stuff. So we we are giving a lot of people the chance just to to work with us or work in our team. Yeah, Marcus, what have been some of the biggest lessons that you have learned in building this movement? Hmm. That's a good question, and there were so many, so many lessons we <laughs> learned on our way. Uh, one of the lessons was like more people doesn't let you grow quicker or faster or make things easier. Mm -hmm. um, most of the times, um, more people um, result in more. Um, yeah, you have to be more reliable, and you have to care about more people and it's more responsibility and at the end what you sometimes forget also for us because now we are such yeah as you said the movement is, is really big at the moment which we grow we sometimes forget um, the purpose why we started to get self-employed and why we mix it up with traveling mm. it's just to to design our jobs around our lifestyle and not vice versa so a big challenge for us is to stop working and to shut down the laptop and go on the water, go kite surfing, do Muay Thai, what I'm doing here in Thailand at the moment. Um, but it's getting better and better. Um, we got some help from some smart people. Um, but it's not easy, but it's a it's a exciting uh, roller coaster ride so far. I, I have that same challenge, man. Like I I love what I do and I'm a workaholic too and very passionate about it. And sometimes it's hard just to close that laptop and be like. Okay, I'm in Brazil. Let's go to the beach today. But let me check another yeah. email or let me answer this message really quick, you know. So I know it takes a lot mm -hmm. of discipline for a lot of entrepreneurs to balance their life with their their, their entrepreneurial passion. So I'd like to talk mm -hmm. a little bit about lifestyle design and how you balance your health, your relationship, your personal time, your friends, maybe your family, all these things and side passions that you have. I know you do Muay Thai also. All these things with this passion that you have for being an entrepreneur. So what are some tips mm -hmm. and tricks or basically what's your what's your schedule or your discipline look like for you to balance all this? Oh, so um, this is another big learning and it's, it's a huge topic for me because I'm, um, you can nearly say, obsessed with uh, habits, structures, routines, <laughs> and productivity hacks. Um, but at a certain point, you really need it as an entrepreneur. Um, as you just also mentioned, you're also a workaholic. And if I wouldn't have set up these proper routines and systems for myself, I would just end up getting lost in social media and in my inbox and in, yeah, everything what's popping on on all channels nowadays. So I think in the beginning, it's very natural and it's good 
to just do whatever you want on the laptop, just to freak out and <laughs> just celebrate yourself and, and you're self-employed, that you're self-employed and that you're not having to ask anyone for any permission anymore. Um, you have to get used to it and it's one of the greatest feelings ever. But once you grow your business to a certain to a certain level, um, then it's time to set up certain routines and structure, um, especially when you have such an unstable life, like um, being constantly on the road and not having any home base anymore. So we are 365 years <laughs> per year on the road, but we have some bases where we love to go and stay for two, three or four months, like in Brazil. Um, but still, we, we don't have like a, a, a home base where we can order some Amazon stuff too. Um, <laughs> so for us, it was, I can remember, it was in Taganga, which is a small um, fisher village in Colombia on the western coast of Colombia, where I figured out we have to change something. I, I have to get like, I need more structure in my life. And what was a big game changer was setting up a morning routine for me mm -hmm. and I'm very strict with my with my morning routine um, since I'm doing it now since two and a half years I don't need an alarm anymore and every day starts for me with um, um, waking up with the sunrise um, mm -hmm. depending where I am it's 5.15 or in Brazil it was 5.30 here in Thailand it's 6.30 um, and this is when when I get up. So I start my day with the sunrise, and it gives gives you like, for me, it gives me a great feeling being on top of the things. Uh, most of the people are still sleeping. It's very quiet. You can listen to the nature. You can listen to the birds. The animals are already awake. The butterflies are flying around. The sun is is rising. Um, I love to do sun gazing, where you look directly into the sun. But it's very dangerous if you do it when the sun is on a higher level. So you can only do it when the sun just rises and this this is really really great for me and then my day starts um, with making the bed which is um, mm -hmm. a very very small small hack a small thing to do but um, the thing that stands behind is that it's your first win of the day so mm -hmm. you already start the day with a win and then I I will pull oil coconut oil it's from the Ayurvedian um, medicine and it um, pulls out all the toxic which goes into your mouth while you sleep um, so you will um, put put a zip of uh, coconut oil in your in your mouth and then hold it for um, up to 20 minutes and afterwards all the toxic toxic stuff will get out of your body wow um, I love it mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't send you I didn't know that one yeah later. if you could share some share a link with that that'd be awesome I haven't heard of that one before Mm -hmm. It's getting more and more popular okay. um, and <clears throat> it's really, really healthy if you do it every day. Um, and then I will do my um, seven minute app um, where you can diff do different sports programs. But I will do in the morning, I will do the stretching routine for seven minutes, which are, I think, 12 exercises. And after the stretching routine, I will do um, a meditation, a guided meditation and I'm now on a streak. I have to, to look at my meditation app, which is calm from, let me check, 268 days in a row meditating. Congratulations. And this was, <laughs> thank you. 
this was also another game changer. So I will meditate. Uh, I started with Headspace, which is also a great meditation app. Now I'm on Calm because I love the daily that it changes um, every day um, that you learn something at the end of the meditation. Uh, then I will fill out my gratitude journal, which is the five-minute journal in the morning where you just get conscious about what you already have and not to focus on what you're missing or what you're lacking. Um, and so instead of you just, you're grateful for what you have already in your life and what would make the day a good day and it ends with a affirmation where you want to get better. And then I will start my day um, with a healthy breakfast. I went on a 100% vegan diet now and I love it. Um, and after the breakfast, I will start my day with the most important task, the MIT or eat the frog. Um, some people call it mm -hmm. like this. And the, the big, the golden rule is until then, um, I have not been into my social media accounts. I've not been in my inbox. I've not been in, in Facebook or Slack or WhatsApp or whatever. And I will start to work then with the Pomodoro technique. Um, there's a good uh, website called tomato-timer.com where you work for 25 minutes on in a chunk um, on one task. Then you have a little break of five minutes and then you go on for 25 minutes and it goes on for three times and then you, then you have a bigger break. And yeah, after this um, first Pomodoros, you will hopefully have knocked out the most painful task um, for this day, which um, is normally the one which has the, the biggest impact on your business. And then it's around like eight or nine or sometimes half past nine, 10 o'clock, and you already won the whole day. And that's what I love. That is an amazing morning, man. I have been applying, have you heard of the Miracle Morning? Yeah. Yeah. So is did you adapt this schedule, this morning schedule from the Miracle Morning? Because it's very similar. Yeah, not directly. I, I read something there. I heard something on a podcast. I watched a YouTube video over there. I think it's a mixture of yeah different approaches, but I'm sure um, also lots of parts are from the Miracle Morning routine. Yeah, almost identical. It's very cool and very powerful. I'm, I practice the Miracle Morning now. And absolutely mm. love it because basically I wake up and I read for I read for a bit, usually seven and a half to ten minutes, and then I'll medi oh, nice. meditate and visualize for a total of fifteen minutes, and then I will journal for seven and a half minutes, say affirmations for five minutes, and then get in my morning workout, and then start with a. A morning breakfast too but very similar to this this is cool i don't use the pomodoro though i've i've used a similar type of method but not at the 25 minute uh work and then little break and 25 minute and work and little break but uh yeah very powerful morning in, in a way to start it off so what does your afternoons usually look like like you have such a great morning and do you kind of leave afternoons mm -hmm. open or are you planning meetings during that time or going kite surfing or what's that look like for you yeah it always depends where we are so sometimes i also have to adapt the morning routine with not starting with the mit instead of being picked up for going kite surfing to another beach or something or doing muay thai in the morning then i will start with the mit um, after the Muay Thai class, which is here from 8 to 10 in the morning. Mm. Um, but still, the golden rule is not to go into social media at all before starting your MIT rule. Um, yeah, so we always adapt um, when we go kite surfing how the wind is. If we go, if we can go in the morning or in the afternoon or when my Muay Thai classes are or if I want to go to night yoga, 
which I did yesterday, for example, um, then the this is the the biggest freedom of being self-employed that your schedule is more or less flexible mm -hmm. and the good thing is that we are not freelancing anymore so we don't have any clients where we have like obligations or hold some timelines in different time zones which also gives us some freedom and yeah that's it and how many hours a night are you sleeping normally around six to seven hours when i work out heavily it's one hour more and i do like intense sport Okay. And what keeps you motivated? The tremendous feedback from from the people who we can fortunately reach now on all of our channels and um, the amount of people we now are meeting more and more often in all these digital nomad hotspots and also not in hotspots which approach us and say Marcus Philly I don't know if you can remember me but I've been on one of your events and now I'm also living location independent and I'm working from the road and I started out as a VA or I'm, I'm a designer and we meet more and more and more and more people who really give us the feedback that we changed their lives and I think this is this is the biggest reward you can get in life to to touch someone else's life. So this mm -hmm. keeps me going every every day. Amazing, man. But I'd like to dive into balancing like your relation, personal relationship and your business relationship and how if you guys schedule out personal date nights or date time together or if that's important for you guys or maybe some of the lessons that you've learned with your girlfriend and building a business together. Yeah, sure. It's a very special situation huh? because you hang around quite, um, quite often, and most of the time you're doing, you're sitting next to each other, you're doing business um, together, you're you're a couple on a private level. Um, so more or less, we're we're like 365 days, 24/7 together. <laughs> Sometimes when I <laughs> go to sports, I'm on my own, or when I go out, but this this is. Uh, getting more and more rare. Um, I think the biggest secret is that we don't depend on each other or we don't need the other person to, to be like a complete person or that, mm. yeah, we are just with, with another person together to, yeah, to, to get something in your life, what you don't have so far. So I think we could also exist very good as individuals. Mm -hmm. um, but now then the, the power just gets stronger when we come together uh, and on the other hand mm, we are both very easygoing we are not yeah we are, we are I think <laughs> you know us personally I think we are very very easygoing persons and this is uh, what we also do in our relationship we are not too strict we don't have too high uh, expectations from the other person mm. if it doesn't work like this it's okay so just let it go and uh, stay in the flow um, yeah and from business perspective it's as it gets bigger and bigger and our team gets bigger and bigger we can't do uh, every ev not um, each of us two can do everything anymore so now we started to to split some some topics where she has the lead and some other topics where I have the lead um, this also helps and a big challenge is yeah, sitting next to each other in a co-working space or an Airbnb and working and then someone has an idea and talks to the other guy or to me or I talk to her and she's but she's totally in the zone working on something different and then yeah you you forget that um, 
that, that she's working on on an, another thing and that she can't be responsive at this moment. So, mm -hmm. yes, sometimes we communicate sitting next to each other and communicate on Slack because I know it's it's better for the other person because then <laughs> I'm just on Slack when I have time for Slack and when I dedicate some time for it. Um, maybe it sounds um, strange to, to other people, but this is how we handle it now. And um, also we handle our business decisions in a Wunder list um, and a to-do planner where okay. we have shared lists um, also for our private life. Um, what was the name so of that list, Marcus? Wunder? It's called Wunder okay. list. Um, I think it was acquired by Microsoft uh, some some time ago, but it's still running under the brand Wunder list. Okay. It's a Berlin-based startup, which, yeah, it's very... I like it. It's very minimalistic design. It's just a task planner, but but it works um, uh, also on cross cross platforms on different platforms. Yeah, and this is where we organize ourselves. And then the good thing is, if when you're together, you can take care of each other. When uh -huh. you feel the other person's overwhelmed or under stress or there's too much, then we try to help each other and say, you know what? Come on, let's take a day off and go to the I don't know, into the nature and go for one day of hiking. Uh, so, yeah, this helps and I love it. I, I wouldn't have done it without Philly and she wouldn't have done it without me. So it was, was a great thing that we both met actually in the corporate world in one of the startups we were working for. That's amazing feedback, man. I was actually in a personal relationship while we were traveling and what we didn't recognize in that relationship, we were together for a total of four years, we didn't recognize the importance of me having my guy time and her having her girl time, meaning mm -hmm. me hanging out with my, my guy friends and her hanging out with her girlfriends. And that actually kind of led to a lot of stress and eventually was one of the things that led to us parting ways. So I'm curious, you guys are traveling so much and meeting new people and doing this. Do you need to have your your guy time and hang out with your bros and, and she have her girl time and hang out with her girlfriends? Or is that something that you guys don't require? Yeah, we are requiring it too. Um, so yeah. maybe I require, I need it a little bit more than her, I think, but yeah, she lets me go whenever I have the feeling to, to go out with my bros, with my friends, to go to Muay Thai fight night. Um, that's no problem for yeah. her and it's no problem for me. Mostly, it happens when we are in Berlin that she's going out with her girls, and in general, we are always meeting so many people on the road. As you were saying in the intro, we are very well connected, um, especially in the in the digital nomad world. So we know a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of exciting people, and when we meet them, we don't have a problem to go there together. Mm -hmm. But I can fully understand um, your situation. It's very special, and you can't compare it with. Yeah. anything else traveling together being on the road having all these challenges um yeah being in small in in small rooms and it's very it's very intense it's very close very cool before we wrap up do you want to mention so, when the next dnx event is yeah so we are planning the next um dnx conference in lisbon portugal for September 2017. Um, we're just waiting for the confirmation from the event location. It will be in the LX factory uh, on the 9th of September and the event will go on for four days from the 7th to the 10th with um, great speakers like um, Pat Flynn or um, Natalie Sisson, Jody Attenberg, uh, Car Sundance, Enyo, 
Markovsky, Talgur and Tavi Kotka, who is actually the chief information officer from Estonia and he invented the e-residency there. So I'm really looking forward to his talk. And the next um, co-working camp will happen on the Greek island Lemnos, which is close by Rhodos, but it's not so crowded and very remote and it's like a hidden gem. And there we will, I think we will have a very huge camp. Last year we were like 55 international um, online entrepreneurs and freelancers from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And this will happen end of June and you get all the information about the camps on dnxcamp.com and all the information about the conference in Lisbon on dnxglobal.com. Perfect, my man. Thanks for coming on the show, Marcus. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your life hacks with everybody. We have the links in the show notes to Marcus's DNX Global Movement and also the Life Hacks podcast if you guys want to check that out. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in today. Goodbye to everybody and goodbye to Marcus. See you all later. Yeah, see you. Thanks for the invitation. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for those that are in the Entrepreneur House, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year we have three different events, a three-day productivity weekend in different cities all around the world, a two-week all-inclusive retreat for entrepreneurs with six-figure businesses. This will be full of workshops, masterminds, and adventure. Then a four-week event in Chiang Mai, Thailand for established entrepreneurs, also full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. These events will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested in have some questions be sure to contact us through the entrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact we will respond as soon as possible for now saludos from somewhere in the world Do you find it difficult being 100% vegan while traveling? No, not at all. It, really? it gets uh, it gets better and better. Um, I really? would say, yeah, totally. So in in cities like Lisbon or Berlin, it's very convenient. Mm -hmm. But also in uh, in Brazil, for instance, you can eat um, acai. We, we were cooking lots of vegetables on our own, and yeah, that works. And here in Thailand, I eat just the curries with vegetables, with brown rice, um, green smoothies. And the whole world is getting more and more organic and more green. And here are so many healthy restaurants on the street. There's a vegan restaurant. And also, Kopangan, it should be very nice. I heard about Chiang Mai has lots of vegan options. So it's slowly it's coming. And the global mind shift is also about how conscious we are with our food. 
So this is some stuff that I'd I'd like to get on the podcast. So maybe we should just jump into it and talk, yeah, talk yeah. about stuff like that. Yeah, me too. Are you, Where are you again? I'm in Rio de Janeiro at the moment. Nice. Today, listeners, we are welcoming Marcus. The oh, excuse me. Today, listeners, we are welcoming the founder of Life Hacks Podcast and DNX Global, Marcus, and it's Muir 